tell them what tell them what we're talking about. Right, so we uh we, we just started um the Zoom call and we've just realized that uh Cam's camera apparently just attracts him for some reason. We don't know why. Um I'm it's, standing, an iPad. I'm... it's not it's not just like your standard computer now. It's an iPad. Yeah, it's just like... Like when I say when I'm when, how far can I go? Right here. <laughs> I am I'm nowhere near my iPad. <laughs> Does it work like that for recording content? Uh, I think so. Yeah, that's why Will I never do it with the back camera. Because I was going to say, if you're in the gym trying to film stuff, that'd be good. Absolutely not. Yeah, like just following me around with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, so uh, how's how has your week been, mate? Yeah, not bad, mate. Not bad. Like, um, yeah, I've just posted a story. That's why it's 12 o'clock. I'm just getting in my caffeine curfew quick. Um, yeah, no, it's good. Had, uh, what did I have? Monday, I had push with arms. Yesterday, I had legs, but legs has ripped me off. What about you? Uh, I had pull yesterday, legs pull. Um, and I'd probably say it's the worst doms I've had uh, so far on this split. I had... Stiff leg deadlifts and then leg press. Um, I had ten to ten to fifteen and then fifteen to twenty reps, and after that I was buried. And that was exercise three out of eight. And I'm just currently rethinking my life at the moment. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's not yeah. ideal. What um, what's the actual plan with like you and Tom at the moment? Are you just going through a dieting phase or? Yeah, so in a dieting phase, um, I uh, initial. 12 weeks um i've got 16 or i'd like to lose 16 key 16. Um, what are you currently i am 102.4 as of this morning 102.4. yeah so i'd like to be like between 85 and 90 mm-hmm. but um i've never seen myself lean lean since i've started training like properly, like a few years ago, before really? lockdown. So, I haven't got like a ballpark figure of right at eighty-five. I look like this, so that's why it's varying. So, what we're gonna do? We're gonna do twelve weeks aggressive, um, and then we're gonna assess how I look at twelve weeks. I have a feeling it'll probably be sixteen weeks long. Mm-hmm. Um, are you just yeah. doing like one? I know you said like you're doing one long like twelve week phase, but are you going to do like twelve weeks assess, make yeah. the diet break, and then goes back again, or are you just hoping to just do it in one long stint? Um, if it was my choice, I'd like to do it in one long stint. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess it all depends on how fatigued I am. Like obviously, I need quite a lot of energy for work, like yeah. as we all do. But um, obviously, I work a physical job, so. Um, ideally I'd like to do it in 16 straight but I guess that's not my decision now is it if it was me still in control then yeah but I'll see what Tom I trust Tom's word so if he wants me to have a little like maintenance phase like a little diet break because I mean you could like you said you could diet down and then you think in your head oh I'll be fine to go before you know you might be drained you might be yeah. no recovery like <laughs> literally What's yeah, um so. what's the plan after you've finished that diet phase, or have you not kind of thought that far ahead? Um, it's I haven't we haven't spoke that far ahead, but in my head, I've never properly committed to uh, a proper bulk. So obviously, um, there's probably gonna be people watching this that don't know. Like, I never had a I've never had a, a chance to really run a successful bulk because I've played football my whole life. So yeah. I've never been in, in a position where I can go to a little bit higher body fat and push the extremities with food, etc. because I've always had to be relatively lean playing football five, six, seven times a week. So in my head, I think I'd like to run a successful bulk um, and really like test the waters with... Yeah, how far you can push it. Do you know what I mean? Like, because I was going to say for for the viewers, would you say? Because I mean, since I've known you, I've kind of seen your stuff is kind of like just functional fitness as well as just kind of having that element of you know hypertrophy training in there as well. Yeah. Would you say yeah. you're kind of pushing towards more more kind of physique development now? Is that what your kind of focus is going to? Or yeah, 
One, 100%. Um, I think the only thing that makes me more like well-rounded is my like athleticism background. Mm-hmm. Like I know we spoke about this before, like I enjoy physique development now, but I think where I've been in competitive sport for years, I think part of me doesn't want to let that go. So that's why you might see me doing like a Metcon or two, etc. Um, but physique development now is my main priority. Yeah. Um, but I mean, then, that's probably why you've gone with Tom, right? Because he's he's kind of taken, he's obviously he's got the bodybuilding background and that's what yeah, he's yeah, yeah, yeah. And now he's obviously he's come off PEDs and now he's kind of developing. Well, mind you, I feel like a lot of coaches are doing that now because you've got, Brightman, but I don't know what Brightman's doing because, like, you I know he's gone back to bodybuilding training, but he's still kind of got that functional fitness side of things because, like, he goes mm. from go for like a run the other day on his story, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of where Tom's taking it, isn't it? Yeah, I'm kind of like I feel like I'm similar to like the Lucy Davies avenue, like, I enjoy learning about hypertrophy and doing things that buzzword optimally and like understanding how the body works and biomechanics and um, more optimal way of doing things. But I also am very much on the enjoyment side of things where you can have every, a bit of everything in your program. I think that's where I lay. It's like, I love watching the bodybuilding side of it, but I'm not like 100% bodybuilding. Like I enjoy going on a run I enjoy playing sport. Never I enjoy Metcon and getting sweaty as balls. At what is what is Metcon like? Is that just like is because from what I just thought Metcon was, you know, you do some compound lifts and then you do some like higher rep cardio stuff to mm. help with aerobic fitness, or am I just chatting shit? So Metcon stands for metabolic conditioning. That's crazy. So I didn't even know that. It's basically like you basically combine skill work with CV work and strength work, I'd say. So Mm -hmm. like if you were to create a Metcon at the end of your workout, you might do 20 cows on a ski. Yeah. You do 12 clean and presses and then you might do 20 air squats or something like that. So you can basically, you take a piece of each puzzle and form it into one. That's like the whole functional side of training. I believe it's like you, basically dabble in a bit of everything and you combine that but what I was finding is that when I was doing full functional so all of my sessions were very movement based so um it's a lot of like giant sets but not a bodybuilding giant set it's where you have like three or four exercises that are done to back and you're forming here you're forming there um I just found the fatigue was so high like the next day I'd be written off. Um, but I also missed having like just a straight set. So you go on a go on a leg press and leave your soul on the leg press. Whereas yeah. in fun, it's like you have to kind of leave. You have to leave tomorrow. Right and then because you've got four rounds of that. So you do 15, 15 uh, alternating dumbbell bench presses. And then you go into 12 reverse lunges and you do this, you do that. So you kind of have to leave something in the tank because you've got something after. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're just jumping on a, on a leg press for a set of eight to 10 and you just bang, you just balls that out. I really enjoy that style of training. So that's where I am. I am predominantly physique development and I a lot of the education that I take on is around bodybuilding and the smart ways to do it. Mm-hmm. But I do really enjoy the other aspects of the conditioning, the running and the sports side of things. I was, say, I, I was just going to say before that, um, how was like, how, how does your training differ now? Like, so how, cause I'm curious how Tom programs it. So it's part like, you know, hypertrophy training as well with that mm. cardio element, which allows you to, you know, recover from the sessions because i can imagine it's still demanding because i remember seeing in your story yesterday like you were doing like stairmaster and all yeah, that yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um we've actually gone for more of um i don't know how you'd say it i guess it's more of like a a bodybuilder's dieting phase so 
instead of actually, so in this phase, at least anyway, um, for now, I don't actually have too many Metcons in. My cardio is, I'm on the Stairmaster twice a week and I'm on uh, a Watt bike once a week. How so I've minutes? got like, uh, I don't have minutes, I have calorie goals. So I've got 300 oh. calories on yep. each of them, but they all have to be in zone three. Okay. So, um, what is that 130 to 150? Uh, around that, uh, a little bit higher. Okay. It's around what well, my zone three. I know it changes for quite a few people, but my zone three I find is around 155 to about 165. Okay, anything above 165 on in zone four. Um, so yeah, trying to balance that out. Um, but then, like I say, like, um, I play tennis now, taking up tennis. Um, but we're using that as like my knee. I was going to say so that's, that's, in, yeah. that's just extra. Um, I run on Sundays. I host a little run club in Bromley. Um, that's not too, that's not like, we're not running like half marathons. That'll be between like three and five K. Um, I'm not playing football at the moment, but yeah. So I, I would be balancing all of these things. But in terms of like my gym split, um, let me get it up on my sheet. It is Monday's push with arms. Tuesday is lower, um, Wednesday rest, Thursday is pull with biceps, Friday push with triceps, and then Saturday is lower with a top up on back. Okay. And then I rest, and then obviously I've got my cardio days, etc. So um, I think for this, for this first 12 weeks, it is very much like there's not really any functional in it. It's more... Like baseline numbers, getting comfortable with the movements, and then yeah, absolutely, mate. What about you? What are you looking like at the moment? Um, I'm currently looking like a fridge. That's what I'm looking <laughs> like, bro. Um, I am. I'm pushing up. So last year, I kind of like it was all up and down with me, and mm. I I kind of I fell out of love with training, and yeah. I just kind of lost my head in terms of. I didn't really know. I kind of just fell out of love with the process of training. And my background's always been bodybuilding and, you know, kind of developing a physique from a standpoint of, you know, eating in a surplus, gaining muscle, and then dieting down when the time's right. Yeah. But I joined uh, a, a very well known coach in the industry, Christian, uh, Christian Chapman, sick coach. Um, yeah. Wow. And, yeah, no, it gave me like the experience of reps in reserve. And at first I was like, oh, okay, this is sick because I had like a new avenue to go down. And I thought mm. at the time, the reason I fell out of love with training was just due to, you know, maybe I just got bored of it because I mean, I've done failure training for, I think this will be like four years now. Um, yeah. But at the time it was just, I don't know. I did. I did reserve training. I did it for about three months, and then the same thing started happening. I just started falling out of mm. the process. I just like had no yeah. vision and the commitment to actually kind of just doing it every day, sticking to my diet, training like well. It just wasn't happening. So I went. Um, I, 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 me and Christian parted ways, um, and I kind of took some time to kind of reassess and like figure out what was my issue and. Yeah. Uh, I kind of realized that I had fallen into kind of this headspace where I was just obsessed with optimal, like optimization of everything. Um, and I realized like over that period of time, even before Christian, I was, I wasn't like progressing in the gym because I was so fixated and everything being perfect, you know, tempo being perfect, execution being perfect, like every single rep I'm, I'm saying to the point where I would review, review my set. And if one small thing was off, I would hold that movement and I'd ha had, I would have held movements for like six weeks just because, you know, one thing's off. Um, yeah. And don't get me wrong. Execution is vital when progressing, yeah. but there's, there's a very, you need to be careful with, you know, there's a difference between optimal and perfection. And yeah. You, yeah. like you're not going to, if, if every rep is perfect, Chances are you aren't training hard enough. Like, yeah. Um, but anyway, I divulge. Um, I started with a new coach, Lewis, some guy I've looked up to in the industry for quite a while. He's uh, yeah. like, you, I don't know if it's UK, FDB, I don't know what the federations are. I'm terrible with that. Yeah. 
Um, but he's like a natural, natural champion. Um, he's assisted now, but uh, he's been coached by like AJ Morris with these people. Uh, yeah. Callum, Callum Rastrick, is it? Yeah, I think it is. Um, but yeah, like started training with him. Um, and I just fell in love with training again. And I don't know, I don't know what it was, but we kind of like, we sat on a call. I realized that like, I just need to commit to a long off season because I, I went through a dieting phase for a photo shoot and I, I developed like really bad eating disorder. Um, hmm. I just got into a binge, binge restrict cycle where I just overeat and then I'd restrict for the week and then I'd overeat. And then yeah. I think in the time where I I kind of started to get back, I just kind of had in, in my head that that was kind of a normal thing. And it wouldn't, it wasn't always, but it was like, as soon as I'd have a cheat meal, it would be triggered. Right. And this went on for, for a long time, but I felt like I finally kind of sorted it out now. My goal has been set. Our current plan is to push up to 85 kilos, but we're not like rushing to do it. You know, yeah. we're just going off of, you know, training performance. If that's progressing each week um, yeah. and I'm recovering, mm -hmm. we're just going to slowly kind of push things up and go from there. But that's the plan. I'm currently, I work about eight. Actually, I think I've worked about 82 kilos this morning. I I think a lot of it is inflammation. Um, and I had my last meal quite late last night. Yeah. 81.9. It's the heaviest I've ever been. Um, really? yeah I'd like it's it's not a lot for me but I mean to put it into perspective when I dieted down I was 63 kilos so currently 19 kilos up which is <laughs> yeah oh my bro I was sick I look terrible man like don't get me wrong like I didn't look terrible but like oh, oh I was gonna say, like... it was not nice I did not but the thing is I thrive in a diet I'm like the yeah. exact I hate I absolutely hate pounding down food and like, I think I'm on like nearly 700 grams of carb a day. And it's not, it's not too hard at the moment. It's like, it really isn't like I can manage really? it. This is fine. But I know for a fact, like <laughs> we, we have to push that eventually. And I know I just hate it in a diet. I thrive. <laughs> I love that. Like attacking each day, going into there with yeah. a game plan. And don't get me wrong. I have a game plan now, but I don't know something. It's just not the same. Like I love chasing numbers and that's what I'm trying to focus on at the moment because I think. A lot of people like myself in the off season struggle with, you know, gaining body fat. And if, especially if you're a natural athlete, like you just lose all your shape. You lose yeah. like, and you fit. It's very hard because like I go through mind games all the time and I'm just like, I look ass. Um, mm. But I try to like, I try to post it all the time and that just so I don't get into a bad habit of just kind of being negative about it. And I want there to be kind of transparency because everyone does go for it. But I think a lot of people just kind of highlight you know, dieting phases and they don't kind of talk about it like enough. But yeah, yeah. that's currently where I'm at. I think um uh Lauren Vickers, AJ's um, Oh yeah, no, she's really good. She posted post today, yeah. You made a post on it today or last night. And I think it is important. I think like I can't talk from too much experience, but I've been in a position where in lockdown I gained a lot of weight due to mm -hmm my mental side of things like and got to the heaviest I've ever been and not and I don't look in shape or anything like that but it can take a massive toll on you and I think it's one of them ones where I think um I think you know him Tom Stockton yeah I he was my coach he was my original oh, coach who got me to like yeah. threaded yeah so he posted, he posted the other day about how you kind of just got to lose that relationship with your abs like if you do want to grow in that off season you kind of have to lose that attachment to it and understand that you are going to spend a little bit of time fluffy and bigger but i guess it's one of them ones where you always hear it of like think about the long haul like yeah you've got about... to focus on different things like your perform like your performance in the yeah. gym is going to be 10 times better your recovery your is going to be 10 times better yeah. you can yeah you can enjoy life more like obviously Absolutely not lifestyle clients because i mean well actually it depends how serious your goal is but i mean there's always going to come a phase in you know a dieting phase where you know you probably will have to make some sort of sacrifice and even if that's you know not not indulging in certain activities you know maybe not going out as much maybe you know not having that meal with your friends yeah. that's when you kind of have to look at the positives of the off season because you can go out you can have more freedom with your food 
yeah. like I said, you know, sleep will be better. You're you're gonna have like sex drive. Like for a lot of people, like things that aren't talked about a lot, you know, mm. as a as a guy and a, a female, like when you diet down, your sex drive goes. Like not what? a lot of people know about that, and it's like it's crazy stuff. Like I remember, yeah. <laughs> this might be TM to TMI, but like I remember <laughs> when I dieted Diane for my photo shoot. Like I I didn't get an erection for like three months, and I was like, what is going on? But I, yeah. I like, and I told told my coach she was like, nah, it's it's, it's, it's normal, bro. And I was like, oh okay, yeah, yeah class, yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, okay, not me, good stuff. <laughs> oh, I panicked for a moment there, but nah. We're yeah. Yeah, no, I think it is key to establish that. And like you say, I think not a lot of people talk about it, like, especially when, like, it's all good looking, stupid, lean, and, like, we're talking lean, lean here, but mm. the side effects that come with it, like your low mood, tired, your sex drive, all of these things play into it. But um, I think it's knowing, I guess the, the interesting thing about all of these episodes is that, like, which I think is really good is that we are coming from the same, the same perspective, but different perspectives. Yeah. Like for me, my lifestyle clients don't normally like, they probably wouldn't come to me just say Matt, who just wants to get in shape. Yeah. He won't mind on a six pack, but he's not bothered about getting dick skin shredded. Oh like, yeah. Of course. Do you know what I mean? So then like, you think, I think it's one of them ones people have to distinguish as well. It's like, there's a difference between being lean and not having any of these things. But and this then is the thing, though. Like, <laughs> like it, and this is this is why the fitness industry, and sometimes I'm like, my perspective is so warped because to the random person, right? Yeah. They'll look at us and they'll be like, "Oh, he's in shape. He looks he looks like really good." I will look at myself and I'll refer to myself as a freak. I'll be like, "I look absolute <laughs> ass." Like genuinely, because I'll look at you and I look at your update photos and I go. Oh, it looks looking good, but then the way you see it is so different as well. Because my feed is just like all my mates are on gear, <laughs> and I'm just like I'm just like 16 year old to a who has squatted squat like 300 kilos, and I'm just like yes, class. But then you've got like Alan down the road, and he's just like, you know what, mate, you're in sick shape, and then <laughs> yeah. they'll see you at like you know like I don't know 15 percent body fat with a little bit of abs, and they're like, you're you're shredded. How have you done that? Yeah. And you're like, this is this is nothing near that, mate. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? So, like, your perspective gets so warped. It's yeah, crazy. It's so, like, it does mess with your mind, and that's the thing why I think, you know, especially social media, like, that's been a massive, yeah. a massive thing that like messed with my progress last year as well. Because I, I kept shooting myself in the foot. Like, I know for a fact when I zone into something, I can do so well. And I proved that to myself with like my photo shoot prep. Because like, yeah. if you ever, if you ever talk to Tom, like he'll tell you like, bro, I was also shout out to myself, right? I was working in a supermarket in winter, <laughs> loading, loading at like temperatures, like minus two. I had no body fat. So I had like five layers on and yeah. I'm surrounded by food, bro. I am loading yeah. food into a van. I'm walking through a, a supermarket every single day, going down the chocolate aisle. And it's like, what have you got? Oh, I've got 60 grams of oats with one slab of dark chocolate. And I'm eating that <laughs> and having an orgasm in my mouth because that stuff slaps different, bro. When you're dieting and your your body fat is so like you you are on poverty macros, you eat a bit of dark chocolate and that is like nectar from the gods. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember, I remember one instance, like my mate was eating like a cookie and I was like, you don't understand. This is so much better than your cookie. And just looked at me like, yeah. was like oh, you just need to get like your head straight. Yeah. It's the little things, especially like, yeah, in that, in that case as well, like people don't understand it. They don't understand it at all. Like, and like, listen, I've never been like, I spent a lot of my life fairly lean, mm. but I still would say like, even if you look at followers now, like, followers, even if you look at footballers now, footballers aren't lean like bodybuilders are lean. Yeah. Like, it's a whole nother level. Like, so I was like... People look at, like, Ronaldo and stuff. And, like, to be fair, he... Don't get me wrong, he's in good nick. Like He's pretty, he's yeah. pretty cut. But, like, to the point where bodybuilders are, like, skinless. I think, skinless. I think, I think the average, like, person doesn't understand. And I think this is why, as well, you see, like, 
when you see like natural bodybuilders, I think when you see that like outside circle of people and they see like a natural bodybuilder, they're like, you're on gear, mate. Let's be realistic. Because they just don't understand. And to be fair, I think everyone is the same because you don't think it's like, if you're outside of the fitness realm, you're never going to see anyone like that. Like ever, day to day, like in that condition, you are literally like one of the 1%. Yeah. Literally. Literally, literally. So... Um, did you want to go into questions or yeah yeah do you want to so we've got some well, we have got some questions but yeah. i feel like so we've got five so maybe we should do <clears throat> maybe we should do three of them because yeah. i feel like some of them are going to play into each other basically so i'm actually robbing these from a question box i put up the other day um the first one Oh, Advice on increasing your water intake. Advice on increasing it. Um, I think everyone. Well, I mean, I I don't know like the exact conversion for it. Um, mm. but I think one hydrate throughout the day. So yeah, huge thing. If you're neglecting, you know, going into your sessions hydrated. I think a lot of people do neglect water intake. And it has a yeah. massive effect on performance. Um, yeah. Sure, you're adequate, adequately hydrated. You have electrolytes. Um, mm. A lot of people, like I know you, you personally, you got like a was it Dean Dean's? What was it, is it supplement? Uh, Dean's supplement like, uh, yeah, yeah. That's the electrolyte plus. Yeah. So you like start your day with that, right? Yeah. And mm. so I've had that, and I've had Conte Hydroflow, which I is have, absolutely incredible. Did you did you like notice a, a big difference when taking it? I I just felt so for a little bit of context. I am a personal trainer and online coach, but most mornings I will be up at five o'clock in the morning. And what I was finding is that even if I slept well, I was quite drowsy, mm. and I wasn't really focusing on that. Like where that time of the morning, you find it hard to prioritize yourself because you're getting up anybody who does it knows you forget to drink first thing you do and you're trying to set that alarm as late as you possibly can oh yeah so you you can make it on time amount of time in bed literally so what i was finding is that my water intake in the morning wasn't great so for the amount of water i would need to rehydrate as if i was to just have a scoop of hydroflow with 500 milliliters I just wanted to simplify it for myself. So started using that and I just find my energy so much. I feel so much more awake. So I'll wake up, um, come to the kitchen, creatine, five grams of creatine. And then I put one scoop with uh, five to 600 mil in my shaker and I'll drink it with my first client of the day. But since using that, so I bought that at the coach convention. I think that was in November Mm -hmm. or December. Since then, I definitely see a difference. Like the only time I feel drowsy now or a little bit lackluster is if I've had a poor night's sleep. Yeah. I mean, like I've recovered. I was going to say, like, I'd I'd advise like four to five liters per person, but obviously, it's going to differ on multiple things. Like, one, how how much, how heavy are you? You know, how tall are you? Like, you know all these things factor into you know are you doing cardio um mm. how how active are you um yeah. are you are you working out regularly are you doing something which is you know a lot a lot of cardio so you're sweating and you need yeah. more electrolytes yeah. um it, it's going to dictate person to person but i'd say like start you know drink to your needs i mean for mm. one um but i'd say if you if you aim around four to five liters and i think it's recommended i'm pretty sure the recommendation as well is like six grams of salt per day should cover all your electrolyte um this is something that well so a lot of people think hydration just comes from water no no so basically what happens you can add some more into this as well But in layman's terms, when you sweat and you lose fluid, you don't just lose water. So you lose sodium, potassium, magnesium, magnesium. Um, So that is why 
electrolyte tablets, formulas, whatever it is, are vital because what happens is that if you go and do a 5K run and you absolutely sweat loads, you have lost your sodium, potassium, magnesium. But if you just drink water to rehydrate, you aren't fully rehydrating because you're not replacing what has been lost. It's also why so, you get muscle cramps, people say, have salt. Yeah, literally, because oh. their muscles are deprived of them. So yeah. I think that's, and to be honest with you, I didn't know that until probably two, three years ago. Yeah. And it makes so much sense because that is why you then see footballers using Lucasade. Like Lucasade is just full of electrolytes, mm-hmm. carbs, the real, etc. So um that's a very vital point that I'd like to put out to people is like hydration is not just water. And yeah. once you understand that, and that is why we have it first thing in the morning, because throughout the day you might go an hour without drinking. But if you've got a good sleep schedule, you're probably going to go for a minimum of six and maybe a maximum of nine hours without any fluid. So that's why we'll always use it first thing as well, because that's when we need almost that extra hydration and we need to replenish what we've lost. So that's why we'd normally have it first thing in the morning and why you see a lot of people, predominantly bodybuilders, to be honest, have it first thing in the morning. Um, That's a vital point I wanted to put across. Um, a formula that I normally use with my clients as well is that if they are struggling to um, hit their water intake, say they're on three litres or four litres, whatever it is, try and get a lot of it in as soon as you wake up. Yeah. Um, like a lot of my clients now um, will have between six to 100 mil up to a thousand millilitres, so a litre, straight upon wake yeah so, I was say i'm the exact same like i have a liter yeah. i have a liter upon wake and then i have yeah. i probably have an, an additional 500 mils from a digestion drink and then my first meal in the morning is also a shake so probably even before i've gone to work i've had two liters yeah um, but yeah i mean also with hydration like as well of course you know i feel like a lot of people kind of forget that you know it's not just water that counts towards hydration you know i've had yeah. it in the past but I, and I know that sounds so weird right but i've had that with clients before <laughs> where they're just like is it just water and i'm like well it's a fluid and it's a liquid and you're drinking it like don't get me wrong of course water is going to be better than you know drinking just like fanta all the time yeah, but it yeah. still counts yeah literally um oh. i had someone before does squash count i was like what's the what 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 do you put with that squash to make it like uh, a larger, uh, what do you call it? A larger fluid, like, and like oh, water. And I'm like, there's your answer then. Like, there you go. So, um, cool. So did you, did you want to uh, do another question? Yes. Um, do, 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 do. Oh, freezing. How to decide what training program is best for you? training program so i assume by that you know they just mean split as well Um, first thing i'd say to anyone um and i've done i've done posts touching on this before Mm. there is no perfect training plan there is no perfect training split there is not one magical split which is going to be better than the other one um Mm. of course there's going to be you know certain splits that prioritize you know other muscle groups so if you're looking for certain body parts to be brought up then of course yeah Mm. there's going to be more favorable you know splits for that but my advice and everything i say to every single client is pick a split you enjoy the most and you're going to adhere to the most you know if you're if you're more likely to enjoy something you're gonna do it a lot more often you're gonna do it you know you're gonna stick to it a lot easier hmm. than something you hate and yeah. that's just going to lead to long-term progress and hmm. more progression so you know figure out what you enjoy you know do you enjoy you know it what's what's best for your routine you know do you have three days available to train do you have four days available to train do you have five days available to train okay yeah. cool all right, do you do you want to bring up your your upper body more? Okay, well maybe a push pull leg split with two push days is going to be more beneficial than doing an upper lower split because we don't want to bring yeah. up our, our lower body. Maybe, yeah. you know, I'd always say, you know, the only split I'd say, right, which is like 
It's up for debate, and I know a lot of people still do it, but I'd say go away from a bro split just in terms of, you know, the frequency, because ideally we want to train every body part at least two times per week because, mm. you know, we're, we're just going to be able to get more volume in. We're going to hit yeah. that body part twice a week, so there's going to be more more muscle damage, bigger muscles from, you know, recovering from that mm. compared to, you know, hitting it once a week and waiting every single week for kind of that day to fall upon it. You know, like I said, there are still people who do it and there are still people who make progress from it. If yeah. you enjoy that split though, and that is, you know, you want to do that over, yeah. you know, push-pull legs, who's your, who am I to say no? You know, yeah. at the end Great. of the day, it's your, it's your journey and whatever you want to do, do it. Yeah. Um, I think <clears throat> I don't have too much to add on to that, to be honest with you, because you nailed it. I think the one thing that I would always say to people when I get them on a consult is, enjoyment adherence and consistency is ultimately going to be the three main drivers for you making progress in pretty much anything so like you say obviously a bro slip a bro slip a bro split is like maybe not as effective but ultimately people do it a lot of bodybuilders will train like that and they will still make progress mm-hmm. but if you could just maybe split that up because if you're doing a, a, a bro split you're going to be training six days a week why don't we just slice that up into push, pull, legs, push, pull, legs. Or like you say, if you've got an upper body specific or you want to bring up the lower, you can change them. But mm-hmm. instead of nailing 15 to 20 sets in one workout, why don't we split them between two sessions? So one, we've had some time to recover, which then means the, the what would be the, the bottom half of that, uh, say that, put that chest session. If we can split that volume into two push sessions you're then going to move more efficiently on their movements, recruit better, create more tension, etc. Mm. So I don't think that, yeah, like you say, there is no one God tier plan. Yeah. Each person is going to be different as we are all different and everyone's goal is going to be different. So it is going to come down to them three main things of, right. Do I enjoy doing this program? Yes. Why is that important? Because I look forward to going to the gym and performing these movements over uh, 10, 12, 16, however long you're going to follow that program for, period. Consistency. Can Am I trying to train six days a week when I've only really got four comfortably in the bag, which then means I'm missing two workouts a week, which could be sets that are going to help me and enable me to grow more? Right, perfect. Let's find out without trying to bust yourself and cut yourself too thin, what can you comfortably stick to and not feel like them last sessions are going to feel like a chore or that you've got to cram them in so that the, the, the quality of them sessions then reduces and adherence. Like, but I feel like adherence and enjoyment kind of come in together. If yeah, you enjoy it, and the more you enjoy you know it, I mean? you're going to stick to it. So it's just, it, it, it's a no brainer at the end of the day. Yeah. So even if, and even if you enjoy, like, I guess this is me speaking here, like, and like you say, where we talk about being optimal, et cetera. If somebody came to me and said that they enjoyed barbell back squatting or doing a conventional deadlift or a bench press, I'm not going to just leave that out. Me, mate. I'd be like, nah, mate, dumbbell press. That's going to allow you to converge, all right? You need to in be smart. Head, smart yeah. with nah, I'm just kidding. No, I would never do that. In, in my head, that's what I'd be like, right there might be better options in terms of all of the sciencey stuff that Gen Park yeah. don't really need to know. Um, but ultimately, if you enjoy bench press and that allows you to progress that and continue to progress that, ultimately, that's going to lead to some growth. So, yeah, do it. Like, perfect. So, yeah, I think it's try not to copy the split that your favorite influencer is doing because they're on that split for a reason Mm -hmm. um and it will be very personalized to them yeah and who's to say that you can't chop and change yeah like and experiment and try stuff out i mean like because when i first started and i think this is a massive thing like you'll look up to your favorite influencer you'll copy their workout and you know you're doing like i don't know six like i remember doing like Glenn Gillen, I remember my mate like um, <laughs> bought one of his programs and he like the volume was crazy, like absolutely crazy. It was like five five sets per exercise. 
And like, this guy's been training for like six six plus years. If you start copying something, someone who's been training for six years and you, you've just come into the gym, you know, you're you not going to be able to recover from it. You're, yeah. you're, you're not then going to be able to progress. You're not like, yeah. there is no point copying people. And a lot of this fitness stuff is just trial and error. You know, yeah. don't be Absolutely. afraid to, you know, make mistakes because that's how you lead to making long-term progressions. You figure out what works. There is a lot of conflicting information out there. And obviously the idea of this podcast is so we can, you know, help you guys figure out what to avoid, but, you know, figure out like a baseline level of volume for you. I always say for people, if you start between, you know, 10 to 15 sets um, per body part, but mm. you know, that's so personal. You don't, you don't know, you know, what, how long have you been training? You know, how, mm. how well is your recoverability? Do you, all, it's genetics, like all this kind of stuff plays into it. You know, someone could might be able to tolerate a lot more volume than you. Yeah. That's all right. You've just Absolutely. got to figure out what works for you, you know, track yeah. your data and see from there kind of what you need to tweak and change. Yeah, I 100% agree. 100% agree. And I think like you said there, the, the, whole, the whole point of this podcast as well is that one, we want to provide information that is easy to understand and helps people, but also kind of debunk some of the, like, if you go onto TikTok now and start watching gym stuff, you will be so confused. Drink lemon you, water and lose weight. <clears throat> oh, mate. But then even if you go into the depths of, like, Ryan Dewar's JPG, mm. you start listening to Paul Carter, when you're first starting training, a lot of this stuff won't apply to you. Like, you don't need to single this out... This is, like, the top 1%. And I think yeah. people need to realise, like, don't get me wrong, yeah. I and I honestly think if you're... And I say this to everyone who who comes to me. If, it, if it's your first year within training, just fall in love with the process. Like, don't Absolutely. worry about anything else. Just yeah. fall in love with nailing the basics, you know, nailing mm. your routine, getting your food yeah. in, having a healthy healthy sleep-wake sleep, sleep wake cycle, you know, yeah, and yeah. just being able to commit to that for a year. If you can mm. commit to that, you're making good progress. And you will make ridiculous progress if you're just yeah. coming into that first year. You know, newbie yeah. gains are a real thing. But mm -hmm. once we're, you know, if you, like you said, if you're going on TikTok these days and you're seeing, you know, oh, the, the optimal way to do this, the optimal way to do that. Oh, you can't do this because this isn't optimal. Like, don't worry about any of this stuff. Yes, there yeah. are things we can tweak. Yes, there are things we can adjust. And yes, there are ways we can make stuff more optimal. Okay. Yeah. But, and this is the like biggest takeaway. I think it's it's going to be so small in terms of kind of the progression it will allow you to make yeah. that it's 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 nowhere near, like it shouldn't be the the only focus in your mind. And this is why I had to kind of get myself away from that. Yeah. You know? As long as you're lifting heavy with good execution and you're you're progressively overloading and getting your food in, you're recovering. You are going to make progress. Simple as that. And honestly, I downloaded TikTok in maybe September, so I was late to the party. I don't since, it. I, just, I can't do it at the moment. Honestly, since then, I've wanted to say that for so long. Mm. Like, honestly, the 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 change by just doing um the lat divisions or things, the change is just going to be minute, and we are talking for the one percent here. I think it's great that people want to, are wanting to optimize their training, and I think you should do that. But one thing I've always wanted to say since seeing that as well is that just because something might be more optimal than the other thing, that doesn't mean that the other thing does not work. Mm. And I think that's what people, I think these these influencers and um, these big fitness accounts are clever because they never ever say that it doesn't work. They just say it's more optimal, but then people then assume, as humans, we are quick to just interact with that and just go bang, shut it down and go. Yeah, but then you have those optimal warriors who are just like, you know, they go so overboard and they're just like, oh, no, you can't do this. This isn't optimal. And then you have the the other, you know, plane of things where it's just like Dorian and Arnold didn't do it. So you, it yeah. make sense. you never saw, saw Dorian putting bands on the leg press and reverse <laughs> banding. What's all this about, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think, I think what we just said there, I genuinely, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hopefully clip that and put it on my Instagram, and I hope as many people as possibly can see that because I think we're in a good boat because 
we educate and we're up to standard with what's new and all of this, but we also understand both sides of it. Like yeah. I always keep open mind to everything in within this industry because things are always changing. I remember before, before new studies come out, eight to 12 was the hypertrophy rep range and you have to hit within that. And then now studies come out and it's between five and 30, mm. as long as you're within a close proximity of failure or failure. So yeah. things are always ever evolving and there's always going to be new information out there, but try not to let that overwhelm you because there's, there's a, there was already enough to take in and the more studies we see and the more things come out it's there's always going to be more... confounding information coming out one thing saying one thing's right one thing saying another yeah. thing's wrong you know and if, you, if you get so obsessed with that stuff you'll never know how to progress you know and you won't enjoy it yeah of course because everything you're doing you're like oh this is wrong oh okay i've been doing this but this is <laughs> yeah. you know this is an optimal okay well he says this is correct okay. this guy's saying bench press is great for chest growth and now this isn't optimal because i can't do this like <laughs> it's a very confusing industry to come into and it's just you know in today's day and age as well like with with the the optimal guys <clears> and <throat> some of the stuff they put out you just think jesus like i'd hate to be starting now yeah yeah, I'd hate to start it now. It's a good, obviously, the best time to plant a tree was 30 years ago, and the, the next best time is now. But so anybody who's starting their lifting journey now, that is brilliant. But I mean, my first year of training was literally like round back deadlifting, drinking like <laughs> seven scoops of like DMAA pre workout, and like doing like 20 sets on arms every session. <laughs> And like hoping for the best and then posing, thinking I'm massive when in reality I've just bulked like 20 kilos too far. But, you know, I enjoyed <laughs> the hell out of that first year. And that allowed me to be like, you know, I know what I want to do now. I know what I need to change. But like, yes. yeah, like you said, like the first, if I was coming into it now and all the information, I would be, it's a blessing and a curse. Because if you look in the yeah. right places, you're going to find some gems. But you've also yeah. got like 12 year olds out there who you know, have, have trained for one year, they're selling training programs and they just think <laughs> they watch like two Jeff Nippard videos that they can be a coach. And you're like, oh, God. I'm not sending shorts anymore, yeah. by the way. I'm just saying like... No, 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 just, no, it is like, you see it. I saw someone um, the other day and in the comment, he just kind of was selling training programs. He'd be training for like six months. And um, everyone in the comments was like, how old are you? He was like 15. He, they were like, are you qualified? He was like, no. Um, <laughs> are you still at school? Yes. And you're just thinking like, so what credibility do you have? Like, you've been training for six months. You've probably never educated within the topic, which then means in your training program, there's bound to be something that's going to mislead someone. So like, it's just all a red flag. And I think that's what another thing is like. But I always say to people, like clients-wise ask your coach questions and if they can't answer that question and if they're not honest about that like if 90% of the time I like to think I can answer any questions my clients have for me but if, yeah. if there's something I genuinely don't know about I will openly say like look I don't know what this is or I don't know I've never done this myself I'll look into it and I'll do some research on it so I can pr provide feedback but like I'm never gonna you know just be like oh because I said so you know, I'm the coach, do what I say, you know, I'll eat that... rice and bland chicken because it's on the plan. <laughs> you know, like... What does Mr. Chapman say about coaches who always go, oh, just trust the process, bro. Yeah, trust, like... the, trust the process, bro. <laughs> uh... Oh, I've up to a cardio to three hours every day, Monday to Sunday, but um, just trust the process, bro. You're like, you'll yeah. lose fat. Like, of course you bloody will, you div. Like, what are you talking about? Um... Yeah, I'm glad we answered that question. Yeah. Um, right. I reckon I've got time for one more before my next client. Yeah, we'll do one more and then we'll cut it. I'm going to... Re I'll read the two out. Right. The two we've got left, I'll let you choose. So the first one... Yeah. <laughs> should I lower my fats and cut out carbs when dieting? Number two... Importance of sleep plus how it helps with routine adherence and why is it so important? Right, I'm going to choose the fats one just because I could I could do a whole podcast on sleep alone. <laughs> yeah. um, and we can leave that for next time and we can go off on that. Yeah. Um, 
Right, so what was it? Should I lower my fats? Should I lower my fats and cut out carbs when I'm when dieting? Okay. So first of all, I think a lot of people coming into fitness um look at fats and they just demonize the macro <laughs> group because fats make you fat, you know. Yeah. Um, which is not the case at all. Okay. The thing that makes you fat and gain fat is a caloric surplus. And all that means is you're consuming more foods than you're burning. Okay, so you're taking in more calories than you're burning. Mm-hmm. Carbs are not should not be demonized as well. A lot of people look at them and they're just like, oh, sugars, all this kind of stuff is terrible. There is any diet, in my opinion, that cuts out a whole macro group is not healthy. So when you see all these keto warriors saying, you know, oh, keto is the best for, for losing weight. I've lost so much weight on keto. Yeah, because you're in a caloric deficit because you've cut out a macro group and you're filled (laughs) up with fat because it takes longer to digest, bro. Like, shut up. (laughs) It it drives me up the wall. But figure out, you know, figure out your your maintenance calories. So, and again, with this, I say like all the time, you have people who are like, oh, what's the perfect calories for for maintenance? What's the perfect calories for, for bulking or cutting? This is all individual based, you know, you have to take into you know, how much you weigh, how tall are you, how active are you, you know, mm. as well as this, everything is an estimate. There is not any magic numbers. Yeah, there's there's certain rules we can follow. Like I, I use like, I think it's 1.5 to 2 grams of uh, protein per pound um, of body yeah. weight, or you can just use like two, 2 grams per kilo of body weight. Yeah. And then like 0.3 to 0.5 grams um of or or like 0.5 to no 0.3 to 0.5 is what i use um per pound for fat and then the rest is carbs but you know all of that is individual based all the stuff i do is bodybuilding so i have fats on a, a lower side of things but if you're you know the average person and you know you can't stick to a diet which has extremely low fat up it a bit all that yeah. matters is you have a good protein number to make sure we can maintain muscle tissue and grow and you know you can stick to the calories for the moment so set a baseline figure out what your your maintenance calories are and the way you do this track weight for a week on those calories if your weight goes up you're in a surplus so the 200 calories if it then maintains you're at maintenance and if you want to lose weight take away you know take away calories from that and just go from there yeah, 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 absolutely. I think it's also important to go like from the other side of things. Carbohydrates are going to be our main source of energy during the day. They are going to be a driving factor for us not feeling like a bloody zombie. They're going to provide us a lot more energy and fuel to get through our. Like, that's our. Be oh, nice. Please don't disconnect. Right, so Cameron's frozen. This is so bad. He's just going to be speaking, I know, for a while. Right, I'll tell you what. We're, we're going to call it there, people. Thank you for listening. Um, give us suggestions on what you want us to talk about. We'll both put up question boxes um, regarding, you know, topics and we'll go from there. Thank you for listening, everyone. And uh, we'll figure out for a name, a name for the podcast because we have no idea at the moment. But yeah, thank you.